Now don't get don't get scared and start turning off your radios, huh? I'm not advertising or trying to sell you anything. If the mouthwash you're using uh, is uh, not the right kind and it tastes sort of like sheep dip, why well, you just have to go right on using it. I can't advise any other kind. So. Welcome to Bacon, Beans, and Limousines. This is a Will Rogers Memorial Museum podcast. I am your host, Jacob Crumwee. Guys, and I'm Bart Taylor. We want to welcome you in to the basement for episode 23. What you're not going to believe is this is the second take of a long process. But hey, we're here. We're going to let you in on the Dog Iron Ranch secrets, why Will called it that when he owned the actual ranch, and what he did with it that in order for him to become a better entertainer as a cowboy. Um, sit back, relax, pop those cowboy boots on. We'll be right back. Thanks. All right, guys, welcome back down into the basement. Down into the basement where the men are free. Thank you. <laughs> we uh, This week we're looking at the, as Bart mentioned just a moment ago, the Will Rogers Birthplace Ranch, or so we call it today. Uh, obviously, it was known in history as the Rogers Ranch. And for a brief moment in time between 1899 and 1901, it was known as the Dog Iron Ranch. Yes. And when you're driving out there, folks, there's going to be about five different names that you can put in your Google Maps. And that will take you, we really hope it takes you out to the ranch. Yeah. Um, if you end up in a field in Neosho, Missouri, or someplace like that, let us know. We'll it's funny. Uh, places like Google Maps, for example, will still still recognize it as the Dog Iron Ranch. There's even a sign out there as you come into the <laughs> to the birthplace that says the Dog Iron Ranch. Yes, we've got you know incorrect signage all over this land. So, but we wanted to let you know why he called it the Dog Iron Ranch. And, yeah, and kind of where that started because it kind of started when he was a little kid. Right. So we what we're going to do is explore the history behind the name and when it was called the Dog Iron Ranch. Excellent. Sounds good to me, Jacob. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back, guys, with that big tall tail. Thanks. Radio is so young that it hasn't reached the point where you can say anything about anyone or anything but the thing you're supposed to advertise. Uh, <laughs> to mention a competitor is like a politician saying something complimentary of his opponent. Just isn't done, that's all. Uh. All right, guys. We back. Thank you for joining us down here in the basement of the Will Rogers Memorial Museum. We bring all our friends to the stinky basement. What we're going to be talking about uh, this week, as Bart mentioned just a moment ago, is the Will Rogers Birthplace Ranch, or more specifically, that brief moment in time when it was called the Dog Iron Ranch. Was it named after a um, you know a form of ranch, Hidden Valley, or was it named after any sort of best choice ranch there, Jacob? <laughs> no, uh, not that kind of ranch, Bart. He's been working on that joke for guys it's for a, weeks now. It's weird. I'm not sure how to approach it, where to put it, but you know, ranch usually goes on a salad. So. That's been his his <laughs> his joke. He's told me like five times. I've now. been working on it different ways to tell it. He made it in a cartoon form. He printed off <laughs> labels for a ranch bottle. <laughs> you'll see I that mean. in our supplemental podcast videos that we're making. Yeah, too, you'll so. see those later this week. Uh, anyway, um, so what we're looking at is, like I said, that brief moment in time, 1899 to 1901, 
when uh, Will Rogers briefly operated the ranch. Uh, before we get into that time period, let's uh, let's kind of look at the history of what uh, led up to this point. Um, okay. A couple of things. First off, the brand itself. Right. The right. Dog Iron brand. This is something that that uh, Will Rogers had developed when he was actually quite a bit younger. Right. Um, in when he was eleven in eighteen ninety, um, his uh, his father had. Uh, given him about 75 head of uh, cattle. Oh, yeah. Just like what a, every what a great present. 10-year-old kid wants right. to see is... is uh, Some kids get the wee, some kids get a herd of cattle. <laughs> he was, yeah. And it changes you. So uh, Clem Rogers was, was actually packing, a, you know, some... Um, putting uh, a, a, a herd of cattle onto uh, the rail cars, about to ship them off to be sold. And there was about 75 uh, calves, doggies, okay. uh, that were essentially orphaned that didn't have a <laughs> Do you think anywhere he said, for uh, them to go. Get along, little doggy, at any point? I think that's probably... One of his first words, <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, and so uh, Clem uh, decided um, instead of selling these, he would give them to his, his youngest son, Will Rogers. What a great gesture. Son, here's some orphan cattle called doggies. <laughs> and so he was... Uh, uh, Will Rogers took this opportunity to... Uh, he uh, was able to create his own brand. Oh. Uh, and so there was kind of this, this sentimental connection there between uh, what his brand became and, and that connection between him and his home. Because right. Because his brand actually came from the andirons in the fireplace from his ranch house home. Is that the kind of like the decorative side of the... Yeah, the so the the big chunks of metal uh, that the, the logs... Uh, in your fireplace sit on those are called andirons okay and the the front of of that the decorative front is what he used as his brand just kind of you know he i'm sure sat around the fireplace and only and you would know this <laughs> chimney sweep backstory <laughs> the stuff the stuff behind the stuff yeah that's so called. that's what he ended up using and uh you can um uh if you're ever out there at the Will Rogers Birthplace Ranch, you can see those andirons for yourself and see what that brand looks That's true. like. We, we suggest that you don't use the brand ever, you know, <laughs> uh, for any sort of animal yourself. So there's a warning. Uh, anyway, so that's where, where the, the brand itself came from. It, it predated the Dog Iron Ranch by about, by almost a decade. Okay. Awesome. Um, Bart, tell me a little bit about Clem Rogers and... Um, you know, when he operated the ranch and kind of towards the end of uh, okay. of the Rogers Ranch. Well, as we know, we, and throughout our research in the podcast, uh, the listeners are able to kind of understand what the ranch has been to Clem Rogers um, historically and also throughout his life and what that would what the, that would go on to inspire Will Rogers, whether it is his restlessness from there being fences, um, you know, um, after the allotments. So what made him want to leave and leave that life that he thought he really wanted. We've, we've talked about, um, you know, back when he was a kid, he always thought, well, I'd want to run a ranch or sure. I'd want to do this and that. Um, but being a cowboy was always centralized to that point. So I think, as we will show here in just a few, um, you'll see him start to break away from that traditional uh, aspect of being, whether it's a, a rancher or um, a cattleman, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting because that's the way he wants to get the ranch back to um, when he takes it over. Um, but that's another story. Um, this it's a great starting point for Will Rogers, yeah. um, and it kind of starts with um, Clem Rogers. Um, basically, eighteen ninety six, August eighteen ninety six. Uh, Clem he foresaw a lot of stuff. He was a businessman. He knew where to put his money, whether it was in cattle, 
you know, livestock, growing the right things that are on the ranch. He knew what was the right decision, foresaw a lot of things. So um, usually, you know, they ask Clem Rogers if they need anything, especially the federal government or the Cherokee Nation. Uh-huh. So uh, 1896 in August, um, he was selected to a group of delegates um, for the five, uh, five Cherokees, uh, five Cherokee men that met with the Dawes Commission. Now, the Dawes Commission... Um, in 1893, was formed by Henry L. Dawes, Republican um, from Massachusetts, and this was to basically figure out what to do with the five civilized tribes. Now, if you know your history a little bit, this this broke up a lot of um, sects of the tribes. This was, you know, the Trail of Tears. Um, historically, this was a big deal, um, not only for our country, but the, the Cherokees in general. And so I think uh, Clem Rogers was the perfect guy at the perfect time, just like Will Rogers throughout his life was the perfect guy at the perfect time. Um, a, qu- a quick study to kind of show you how much land was controlled and uh, and who controlled it, a study presented to Congress in 1896 showed that just 23 individuals controlled 174,000 acreage of land um, um, in, the, in the nation. And this was one of the largest yeah. monopolies um, other than W.E. Halsell, who eventually Will would work for. Yeah, and you know, this at this, uh, and you know, Clem Rogers at the height, the Rogers Ranch was about 60,000 acres. Right. Um, getting a little bit closer to uh, the time of allotment, it, it, was, it wasn't quite that big as far as the area that he controlled. I think probably around 5,000 acres. Right, yeah. Um, I think that's actually what they had him on the list for. Okay, um, 5,000. Yeah, yeah, as being part of that group that owned quite a bit of acreage. Yeah, that's still quite a bit. I oh, mean, yeah. That's, that's what do we have now? We have about 400 acres, correct? Out there, uh, yeah, at the at the at what is now the the ranch that we operate there, the uh, birthplace ranch where you can come and visit. Uh, oh, hey, is nice 400 acres. About 400 acres, that's yeah. nice. And that what the allotments at the time, after the Curtis Act in uh, 1890, 1898, that w- that did what? They gave them 160 acres apiece to each one. Will to, and his father, right? Um, and so that that brought it down significantly. I mean, obviously, and this was a lot of the reason that Will Rogers, you know, started to have different ideas. And he he had a, a great quote uh, that he would uh, say later on in one of his newspaper articles, basically saying, "I wish I was born, you know, about 30 years earlier in the same old country." Uh, so. He could get there and live the life of a cowboy right. before things like barbed wire and right. fences. Post-Civil War, yeah. right. And, you know, he, he wanted to live that life of the cowboy that uh, he kind of knew and uh, and loved. Um, but obviously he was born at the tail end of that. And right. He was able to grow up and see it, but not get to experience it himself as, a, as an adult. And, and something we've covered many times uh, – bringing this up in the conversation, the nostalgia he feels for the cowboy. Yeah. He adds that to his entertainment side and his performer side. Oh, yeah. Throughout his career, oh, which sure. goes back to Frederick Remington, people that really yeah. put the West out there and are very nostalgic for what was 30 years ago, like right. you were just saying there. Uh, yeah. So uh, so during this time, you were talking about when Clem, Clem Rogers was, uh, you know, when the allotment was starting to happen. Uh, let's let's kind of turn our focus to Will Rogers a little bit. At this point, this is when he is he is kind of taking his uh, long tour of all the different schools across Indian Territory uh, yes. and beyond. Yes. Um, obviously, not sticking around at, at many uh, at any of them for for very long. Um, his father obviously wanted him to get a good education. Um, you know, wanted his son to to be a certain kind of kind of person and man when he grew up. 
Uh, Will Rogers at that point in his life was was uh, very stubborn and uh, <laughs> had his own ideas of what he wanted to be. Um, so by uh, 1898, uh, February of 1898, uh, he was in uh, at Kemper Military Academy in uh, around uh, Boonville, Missouri. Okay. And uh, at this point, at February of 1898, is when he kind of departed Kemper, and that was the end of his time there. And he kind of he went to uh, Texas, um, as we've talked about in other mm-hmm. episodes of of this podcast. Um, he went to work on some ranches and wanted to live that life of a cowboy. Right. And so uh, later on that very year in 1898, uh, getting towards uh, towards the fall of 1898, he finally would come home um, with the idea. And Bart, tell me about that exchange with his with his father. Basically, <clears throat> in 1899, um, Clem became the president of First National Claremore Bank. Um, and this kind of set everything up, I think, for Will. I think it was time for Clem. Clem was starting to move on. Move on. He yeah. was getting a little older in age. Uh, maybe didn't want to take care of the ranch and have sure. those daily duties. And, you know, sure enough, Will Rogers was willing to take over for this uh, special deal that his father gave him. Yeah. Once-in-a-lifetime deal here, <laughs> like we were saying. Basically, he came home from Texas, as Jacob was pointing out, after, you know, working and, and, and doing some rodeo stuff and, and just becoming more of a Will Rogers, the man, uh, the young man. His father had a little offer for him, said, hey, come out to the ranch, manage the ranch. I will give you a herd of cattle. But the coolest part of the deal, and this was probably the breaker for Will, no more school. You won't have. He won't be forcing you to go to school for. And I would imagine <laughs> at this point, Will hugs his father, jumps on the hugs, opportunity, yeah. right? Bear hugs the snot out of his dad <laughs> because it's no more school, and we know about Will in school. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, that you know everybody's kind of making a change in the Rogers family. Uh, Clem's moving into uh, Claremore, and. Will is going to be taking over this ranch. But I wanted to point out just one thing real quickly. Um, it was kind of in the actual paper, just to show you what Clem meant to the community, what Will yeah. started to become you know, meaning to the community. Um, it was in the Cherokee Vindicator, and this is like the, the Claremore progress of the day. Yeah, um, It's actually October 28th, 1898. Um Basically, uh, before I, I set this up, this magazine was published, this newspaper was published 1898 to 1899, and Claremore covered the local, national, and international news. Its motto, take what is in sight and wrestle for more. So I thought that was great for yeah. a, you know early cowboy paper. So um, October 28th, 1898, Rogers returned home uh, for the fall in 1898 from Texas. In August of that year, his father moved home to Claremore, as the article says. Clem Rogers was named vice president and director of the First National Bank in Claremore and became increasingly involved in the politics of the Cherokee Nation, like we've laid out. Sure. When his son returned to uh, Indian Territory, like I said, he gave him all those things. So we knew that Will was going to take it over. A little bit of incentive. Right. But this is one thing that I wanted to point out was interesting for me. Will, always a pusher of new technologies, whether uh-huh. it's through his writing, syndication writing, whether it's through his movies, his career as a performer on stage, he always progressed. And I think he got that from one man named Mr. Clem Rogers, his father. And why do I say that? Well, because when Clem moved to 6th Street and Muskogee Avenue in Claremore, uh-huh. if it's still there, I'm not sure. but I don't think the house is okay. anymore. But I was going to say, we the intersection is, for sure. We can definitely go knock on that door, <laughs> see if he's still there. I didn't know if he's still there. And see if they're still using the same lighting system 
So that was hundred years later. It, so. so was that the the piece of technology? What tell this, me about the, that? The technology was basically he had gone to Fort Smith, Arkansas, um, and and he had bought from the Baylight Gas Machine Company, um, uh, basically a very cheap quality light furnished furnish furnishing for his house. And this was before most everybody had this stuff. The lights are bright and steady, and one small jet lights a large room, Mr. Rogers says, being interviewed by the Cherokee Vindicator. Um, he said the cost for seven lights every night of the year, of course, businessman figures this out, would not exceed more than $15. Um, and there are no lamps to clean. When the machine runs out, it runs out. It's no trouble whatsoever. You know, because they're used to having to clean, you know, um, the, the gas, candles, the yeah, dust, the gas lights. The gas lights. There's sure. so much that goes into that. And I thought that was worth mentioning because it shows the wealth. It shows <laughs> what he means to the community because they're writing about him in the paper. And yeah. it shows that real progressive Rogers state, I think, that you know the Rogers just had in their blood. Sure. Uh, so really, by 1899, January of 1899, really that winter of uh, 98 and 99 there, um, is when Will Rogers took over operation. It became the Dog Iron Ranch. The Dog Iron Ranch. He decided okay. to, to name it that, um, obviously after his brand that he had created, you know, almost ten years before, right? When he was uh, when he was about ten years old, and um, so at this point, you know, what what Clem had 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 done with the ranch, obviously, it started as a large cattle operation. It began to evolve into you know a, a farm as well uh, with wheat and other crops, right? Um, and so it was operating in a very certain way when he turned it over to Will Rogers. Um, ranches typically at that time and, and these, these farms, you know, had uh, a couple different aspects to them. And Will Rogers really was wanting to be a cowboy. That's right. what he was wanting. He, he really had no interest in the farming. So he wasn't spoiled whatsoever. <laughs> right. So he, he, uh, actually gave the, uh, he, uh, moved out of the, the ranch house itself. Okay. So he was living in the house. He initially, and okay. then he um, rented it out to some tenant farmers to take care of the right. farming operation. And he, uh, with his uh, cousin, Spy Trent, would live in a small um, 12 foot by 12 foot cabin uh, and live this life of the cowboy that Will Rogers always wanted to Basically live. Basically the size of my apartment. 12 by 12. Yeah. That's, that's it's kind of small. Yeah. Not <laughs> fun to have a lot of people over. <laughs> Can't get many people Had a Christmas party. Didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> Four people in that room. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, anyway, so that's what that's what he did. Um, and, you know, over the years, uh, that I say years, it was he really only operated in this capacity for, for a short time. Um, the Dog Iron Ranch in its entirety existed from 1899 to 1901. Okay. And really in that time, the operation of that ranch kind of transformed um, to the point where Will Rogers, at least, his idea of what he was wanting to become was starting to change. He right. started doing a lot more rodeos. Uh, right. I think his first uh, his first win as a uh, was in Claremore in 18, yep. I think July of 1899. July 4th, 1899. There you go. Uh, July 4th rodeo in Claremore. And actually, by 1901, uh, Clem was starting to get a little bit concerned because his his son, who was running his his old ranch, uh, was gone more than he was actually there. Right. He was doing these rodeos really all over Indian territory and even um, and even beyond. Uh, and at this point, Will was starting, I think, to to come to understand he maybe didn't want to live this life. Right. He yeah. wasn't too 
comfortable with the idea of being pinned down to a ranch that was nowhere near what it once was right. when he was growing up. And it wasn't quite the idea. He didn't have this idea of, of the of the cowboy. It wasn't fitting into that. Right. Yeah, That's and that's interesting because Yagoda, of course, brings up uh, th- that wasn't Will's idea of cowboy life. And we all have ideas of how things should go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what an opportunity he was presented with. But again, I, I like the stick of Will Rogers because he's he knows he wants to be this certain person, but he's sure he's sure not. He doesn't know how to get there like most of us. Sure. <laughs> um, like most of us, you know, we and I'll say that I think. And what's neat is. He didn't get wrestled, you know, wrangled into this. I say wrangled. You like that? He didn't get wrangled into this opportunity and just, oh, I'm done with it. I'm. That's the Will Rogers story. You, yeah. you never hear of him again. Um, <laughs> I think it. I think like I was telling you earlier, uh, when we were going over our notes, the timing was so right with the Dawes Commission, with the allotments, um, the end of an era feeling of like, oh, there's no more cowboys. There's no more range, ranges to ride without fences. Uh-huh. One of Will's main things that we've talked about before in podcasts is, his idea of getting off his horse every few feet to open up a fence was not what he wanted to do. And I really think that's, you know, that's a small thing, but I think that's his way of looking at, Yeah. look at what happened. You closed this whole entire lifestyle in. Because of all of these things, all of these things that were going on, all of these factors that were fundamentally changing um, society mm-hmm. uh, within, the, the Indian, within Indian territory, the Cherokee Nation and the Rogers family themselves, uh, everything was fundamentally changing, and all of those factors were pushing Will Rogers to go chasing this idea of the the frontier. Right, chasing that else. nostalgic feeling of what maybe thirty years ago used to feel like. Right. right, and he eventually, and this is where you know the story we've explored in other episodes of the podcast, but that's where he, you know, obviously overseas he ran into uh, the, these, uh, wild west shows and that's right. where he became the entertainer. Right. So if all of these factors didn't exist, exactly. Will Rogers, we wouldn't be here doing this, this show. Uh, and Will that might Rogers, be a great thing actually. He <laughs> might, well, <laughs> but Will Rogers may have just been a rancher in right. Some area. rancher in Oolagaw Indian territory. The, back you the, day. Know, the, the son of, of, uh, Clem Rogers. And right. that was, you know, kind of the, the story, but all of these things pushed him to, to something else. And so, anyway, so the Dog Iron Ranch, uh, getting back to that, that was, you know, it, it kind of, we, we, we kind of uh, sentimentally refer to it as the Dog Iron Ranch sometimes, but it was only the Dog Iron Ranch for a very short time, right. and it wasn't even really necessarily a successful operation anyway. Right. It was just that brief moment in time that that ranch was Will Rogers. Right, and that's what's so funny, too. I didn't bring this up, but... Just the, the when he inherited this ranch, it was starting to fall apart. You know, it was really the, his idea of getting it back to where it needed to be when he was growing up was going to be a big, uh, a big, a big mission. And I believe, like we were telling talking earlier, Herb McSpadden really okay. got it back to where I think Will. You know, you can't say where Will wanted it because yeah. he wasn't alive at the time. But um, you know, after his death in '35. He was, I think, responsible for keeping what we've got today. Why sure. you're able to go out to Ulagon and check that out, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, by the time that, uh, and I'll, I'll read one quote here, actually from Clem. Um, he basically would say that by 1902, going back a little bit further, uh, he realized that he needed to let Will ride his own horse and become his own man. Um, and so he would actually you know, buy back the cattle from Will, and then the ranch was rented out to. 
essentially more tenant farmers who would move into the to the to the White House on the Verdigris out there in the old Rogers Ranch house. Right. Um, and that's kind of how it would stay for a number of years until, you know, and later in Will's life after he became who we know him to be now, um, he would come back and see, you know, it kind of been run down. And obviously this is the, the, the ranch. When you're renting it out to other people, they don't have the same level of, uh, care and the seminal values right. that uh, the respect that goes along with some place that sure. you were born, and so it was kind of run down a little bit. You know, it had been you know generations and almost. This, this is you know it's different. Back then, that's different. You know, I was born at Hillcrest in Tulsa. Uh-huh. It's not like I want to own Hillcrest, the building. <laughs> you know, sure, yeah, room six oh six. You know where I was born. Was that it, six oh six? I don't even know, but okay. you know, I just figured <laughs> sixth floor. My mom wouldn't have me out of sight from everybody, but. The feeling of it being attached, actually being born on the ranch. The connection. The yeah. huge connection that, that he had um, and that his friends and family would have to that place that still have to this day. Well, that yeah, that ranch was the foundation of Will Rogers' life. That was where he became all the all that character that we know mm-hmm. and love from Will Rogers. That's where it was all established. I agree, totally. And, yeah, so like you were saying in uh, – 1927, he let, he put his uh, nephew, Herb McSpadden, um, in charge of the ranch, seeing that, okay, if we don't do something here, this thing that means a lot to me is going to be gone. Right. Um, And it was really to uh, the credit of the McSpadden family that that ranch exists today. Right. It's a historic site now that we operate. And um, if it wasn't for Herb McSpadden taking over and changing that operation and getting it back on its feet um that was a big part of it and obviously his son clem rogers yeah clem, i'm sorry clem mcspadden clem mcspadden right um you know his his own life is is fascinating in and of itself um, yeah no isn't it great because they they're all they all go back to the foundation of the ranch and what went on there sure take clem mcspadden for example rodeo announcer uh-huh. um it, it's just kind of neat that you know he was on the ranch doing chores just like will right he was out there working hard yeah. riding horses um, just neat to see that all of that came from that one spot there. That family know. connection mm-hmm. all from that one White House on the Verdigris. Most definitely. Well, uh, I think that's going to kind of wrap it up for us today, guys. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, be sure uh go out to, you know, on one of these nice days, nice Oklahoma wintry days, go out to, to the uh, Will Rogers Birthplace Ranch out in Oolaga and see this house for yourself. It's really a, a, a treasure um, here in uh, Oklahoma. Um, and again, you know, uh, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we hope to uh, see you next uh, next month here on RSU Radio and here on the uh, podcast. So um, keep a, keep an ear out, and we hope to have uh, some more episodes coming at you soon. All right, guys. Well, episode 23, that being the books. Thanks again for listening, and we'll check you next time. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks.